Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Uh, this episode, we have the very entertaining Danny Rocket. Um, he is Son Ranto on Twitter, S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. And, uh, well, basically, he has his own podcast that you should probably definitely listen to, the Son Ranto show. Uh, he's very funny, as you will be able to tell from this interview. I just kind of, I'm just kind of a straight man on this thing. I just kind of let him go. Uh, we talk about pretty much anything you want to talk about involving the Cubs. Uh, I ask him a little bit about his frequent trips to the bleachers at Wrigley Field and just general Cub stuff. So without further ado, here is Danny. Okay, Danny, welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. Glad to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me on. Holy Holy Cow is the name of the podcast that 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 warms my cockles because I'm a huge Harry Carey fan. It's one of the reasons I'm a Cubs fan. So, thanks for thanks for keeping that out there in a big way. Of course, yeah, no, that's it. I mean, being out in Montana where I am, the only way you could get Cubs games was on WGN. So, back yeah. in the day, so it was good. A dying art. That's right. Last year, I'm sad about it. I'm going to be sad all year. It's just going to be a year long funeral for me. Yeah, it is kind of like, you know, it didn't even dawn on me until a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, it was like, this is it for WGN for never going to air a Cubs game again after this year. So, yeah, it's weird to feel sentimental about a television channel because uh, usually you don't care about things like that, you know. But for something like WGN and, you know, when I was a kid, it was still, uh, you know, only day games. So it was the perfect, you know, catch the end of the game after school, flip on GN, you know, and, uh, you know, not a lot of teams. I don't know if any teams give away their games for free anymore, but the Cubs have been doing it over antennas, uh, all old school style, but, uh, just sad to see it go. It just, it just feels like the passing of a technology in an era. Yeah. Makes me feel old. I mean, I guess pretty soon we're going to just be, everything will just be streamed on your computer. So it, won't really matter what channel you're watching on. I'm waiting for a hologram in my bedroom so I can just lay in bed and the game plays out on a hologram in front of, uh, like over my bed. That's what I'm uh, holding out for. Maybe yep. someday by the time I'm super old. Get Maybe. it done, Theo. Get it done. I want hologram baseball. Yeah, come on, business management staff. Let's go. Yeah, let's go, Crane Kenny. So we're, we're in spring training now. Mm-hmm. We are getting... Now we're in the, you know, what, what do I want to say? The home stretch where it's like, okay, I'm sick of spring training. Let's go. Let's go to the real games. I've been sick of spring training the entire spring training. <laughs> I hate, I've grown to hate spring training. I'm, all I care is that nobody gets hurt. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, I, I like, you know, sure. Some of the bullpen uh, slots, uh, kind of interesting stories, but like when I see somebody hit a towering home run, such as Anthony Rizzo did the other day against the Mariners, uh, you know, when I see something like that, I'm like, well, who's he facing? What's he working on? Like, I don't even, it's not real baseball cause it's not competitive in the same way, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy that the Cubs have, uh, only a few injuries right now. Monty is hurt. Um, who's the lefty pitcher they picked up. What's oh, his name? Um, geez. Now, now, now I'm blanking on. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, or, um, 
Anyway, that guy, he's hurt. Uh, Cedeno. Okay. If you're Cedeno, he's hurt. And of course, we already knew about Brandon Morrow. So, like, that leaves a couple slots open until those guys come back. Maybe a couple question marks as to the effectiveness of some of the, uh, you know, multi millionaire pitchers like Kinsler and Dunsing and whether they're even as good as your Mike Zagurski's and your Allen Webster's. We just don't know. And it's hard to tell by looking at spring trading as to what the, the coaches are looking at within the training part of it. How healthy is a guy? How effective is his stuff? You know, those are some of the questions coming out, but mostly spring training has been a bore and it's also um, been barely televised. So there hasn't been much to see at all. I didn't even go out. I had to cancel my trip due to a recent hospitalization uh, due to a uh, strange sickness that befell me here in the city of uh, Chicago. But um, so I, I missed spring training this year. I missed shaving my head for, with Joe Madden, respect bald. And uh, to be honest, like I could be done with spring training right now. It could be opening day tomorrow and I'd be happy. I agree. Yeah. Drops Mike. Yep. No, you, you said it. He said it right. Um, so a couple of things that um, you Darvish looking good so far, but I mean, you know, this is again, like you just said, spring training doesn't matter, but he's got, he's kind of got a little attitude throwing like 97. Should we feel good about you Darvish coming into this season? Well, I mean, sure. I mean, why not? Because there's nothing really to feel bad about except for the past, which is over. Uh, you've got to assume that he's done the work to get back to where he is to be throwing 97. And, um, you know, with him in the rotation, just even if he's an average, you Darvish, you know, take his career average and say, okay, that's who he's going to be. Then you still have a really solid number three, number four. And, you know, and if the velocity is up at how they, how it looks, you know, then, I mean, it, we're, we're even better than we thought. He's, he's a, he's a better you Darvish than even we thought we were going to get. So I don't know if he's going to hit 97 can, you know, you know, how, how many times a game is he going to do that? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, he looks good. And what I love about it is he does seem more comfortable. He seems more confident, you know, he's, he's put, I mean, there was a lot of bad blood last year and it was, and it, and it wasn't fair because the poor guy gets injured. Everybody's calling him a cream puff and that's ridiculous. And it's sad that he had to even work through something so stupid, but here we are where this is what Chicago fit <laughs> fandom is not yeah. fair. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine tradition uh, in Chicago. If you sign a big contract and you don't live up to it, I don't even know if it's just a Chicago thing. It's probably everywhere, but yeah, the cra- the people seem much harsher, the bigger the contract you have when you struggle a little bit, it's not fair. I mean, they're just getting, you know, what their market value is. I mean, people act, hold it against them like, oh, Mr. got the big contract, huh? Now you can't live up to it. And I just think it's silly that people put so much weight in it. Like, has often been said, it's not your money. I mean, it's the a rich owner's money. So I don't get the whole attitude people take with a big signing like that. You can be mad at uh, ownership and management for misspending money and making poor decisions on baseball players, but you can't get mad when a guy hurts his arm and nobody could have foreseen that. And it's just, you know, that's part of being uh, an athlete is sometimes you get hurt and you've got to work through it. I was, I was watching um, 
Uh, Rick Sutcliffe being inter- uh, uh, interviewed by Andrew Bellison the other day on the Cubs' new YouTube channel. And I watched that whole thing. And, uh, you know, Sutcliffe was kind of talking about the difference between his pitching career and a Hall of Fame pitching career. And Sutcliffe had a long career, but he could not stay healthy to go out there as many times as you would need to to be an effective Hall of Fame pitcher, or at least, you know, of that caliber. So, I mean, so much of baseball is can you stay healthy? You Darvish has a hell of a lot of talent, but injuries have set him back. And that is something that Theo knew going into you Darvish in the first place. So if anything, if anybody you want to boo, it should be Theo. You can go Theo. Boo him that. That was a big thing too that I thought was funny. He hopes everyone says you and not boo. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to tell people how to fan, but, you know, try not to boo someone so much. Like I would, I, I'm not a booer, but some people are booers, but I'm just like, you know, Give a guy a chance. Don't. I'm a booer, and I, here's what you boo. You boo opposing players. You can boo lack of hustle, mm-hmm. and that's about it. Every, other than that, your guy's up there trying his hardest to get on base, to get the strikeout, you know, to hit it out of the park. You know, you, you got to support him. Otherwise, it's just it's a futile thing. You know, they booed Chicago booed John Lester last year after a bad outing, and I was like, you can't boo Lester. I don't know. You, you can't, but it's not like he's out there trying to give up Homer after Homer. You know what I mean? He's having an off outing. He struck out three times that day. That's baseball. You don't boo that, but you know, when that happens, it's when all the bandwagons come in on Saturdays. You know what I mean? Like you don't hear that crap during the week. Yeah, well, Tuesday actually, night, nobody's booing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Um, obviously for people who don't know you, uh, or a fixture in the bleachers. You go to a lot of games. I sit all over the place, but yeah, last, uh, I, I got friends out there, so I don't always have a bleacher ticket, but I can always somehow get in the bleachers. If you know what I mean? All right. So I thought I'd ask you what's, what's it like uh, to be in the bleachers in 2018, 2019? Yes. We're not in 2019 yet. For the yeah, season. Well, 2019, you freeze your butt off in 2018. Um, I mean, it was an interesting year. The bleachers. I mean, uh, it ended, very strangely out there for me. I believe the last game, no, no. Cause I was there in the, you know, game one sixty two and three and, um, and four actually once <laughs> game one sixty four uh, that we had this year. But um, it, you know, I took the uh, infamous bleacher fighting the giant brawl in the bleachers this year, the no fighting in the bleachers brawl. Did you see this video? I did see this. It was all over Twitter. Yeah. It, yeah. It blew up. It was on the news in Indiana. I got all these phone calls. It was insane. I got a call from the Cubs, you know, asking me about it, asking what happened. And uh, of course, the no fighting in the bleachers. Uh, Sean is his name, the guy who became infamous at that moment. And then there was, it was quite a Donnie Brook they had going out there that day. So that was, uh, you know, kind of a fitting. You hate to see fights, but that seemed like a fitting thing to happen last year as the team. It wasn't that they were playing poorly. You know, the the Milwaukee Brewers played, you know, played their faces off to get to where they got. You know, they won everything in September. They just could not lose. So the Cubs played pretty good and it wasn't enough. Right. So you can definitely feel that out there in the bleachers, you know, as the you know, the fans tend to be a little bit uh, more wear their hearts on their sleeves and uh, maybe a little drunker 
possibly more emotional because of their inebriation. And so I wouldn't say the mood was particularly festive at the end of last year. But after it was all over, when the wild card game was finished and at two o'clock in the morning, when it finally ended or whatever it was, felt like 2 a.m. That game sucked. Well, uh, my friend Bleacher Jeff goes out to the, you know, out there on Waveland Avenue. Eddie Vedder comes around. He was at the game. And he went out to the ball hawk corner right there uh, on Waveland and um, hung out uh, with his friend. And uh, they played wiffle ball up against Wrigley Field to the wee hours of the morning. So uh, I guess that's a good omen for what may come is that uh, no matter what happens with the season uh, this year, we'll have some fun. Yeah, it's just fun out there. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, story to end. Yeah, a little boost of the spirit after that. Not very good wild card game, and long and boring wild card game. I might add one run. They couldn't score. You know, they couldn't score. They were like a nerdy high school kid at prom. Can't score. Yes, but no, it's it was you know it was a tough end of the year. But you know, let's face it. You know, you're gonna go in to the playoffs with strope on the DL or a new IL. It was the DL back then, but the IL, you know, you got, you got no closer. I mean, you, I mean, you, what are you going to do? You're not going to win that next series anyway. So maybe it's just best. We all went home, saved our money on playoff tickets for next year because it's not cheap to get in there anymore. I got to get a fifth job. Yeah. 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 But that's the thing. Like, too, it's like, and it would have been the Brewers would have like mashed them again in the next yeah. round. It's like, yeah. yeah, embarrassing. We don't need that. No. So yeah, and I, I don't need to go up to to Miller Park or whatever they're gonna call it now, American Idiot Pavilion, and uh, and watch that either. You know, I'm I'm just uh, I, I was ready for that season to be over because I knew that it wasn't going to go well, but I do have hope for this year. Although I do think our bullpen is a, a bit in shambles, not shambles, but like, I don't trust it. Nobody trusts their bullpen. Right. But to not go into a season with a proven closer and you're hoping that Morrow is wearing, I don't know, dresses now and not pants anymore. So yeah, let's hope that, but Morrow is now a cross dresser. I believe that's still a proper term. Well, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get get into that. I don't know what the term is. I don't want to anger anyone. So I'll, I'll yeah, let you. I'll, I'll leave that there. You could cut it if you'd like, just in case we said something wrong. But, uh, you know, I like the makeup. And you never know. With the, and I hate to bring it back to the bullpen, but it's just been on my mind. You know, you got to look at a guy like Dylan Maples. Exciting, exciting pitcher, right? Um, but... He, uh, you know, we don't know if he's got the mental makeup to make it in the big leagues without totally melting down. Right. But you want to see him come through and replace one of these guys that doesn't seem to be working out, even though they're making a lot of money, Brandon Kinsler making 5 million bucks. But you're like, well, wouldn't you rather have a put together Dylan Maples with that exciting uh, stuff that he's got versus Brandon Kinsler, who has never proven himself, at least on this team. And, um, Rumor has it that he was a snitch on the Nationals. So anyway, I I, I don't know for a fact, but uh, you know, rumors are often true. Some kind of uh, Brian Dunsing had a terrible year last year. Is he your lefty answer? If Monty 
doesn't come through, come back. I mean, he, I think he'll come back, right? Sounds like his little shoulder thing, but you never know what that turns into. We've all seen little shoulder things turn into big shoulder things, and then the guy never pitches again, right? But, you know, you're going to fate. You, who you got? You got, you know, Xavier Cedeno with the wrist injury. You got Zagurski on the left. You know, that guy's 400 pounds if he's a, if he's a stone. And um, Randy Rosario, who, you know, got his cup of coffee last year, he did okay, but man, they hit him kind of hard. You know, I think the peripherals are kind of off on that guy. So yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. With the bullpen though, it's just like, well, you'd love the young guys to come through, but that's the thing. We don't, don't know if they're going to come through. And uh, Kinsler, like, I mean, obviously the guy would be gone yesterday, but he didn't, wasn't owed so much money, but it was, it was just a bad deal in the middle of last year. They needed the bullpen help. They went and got Kinsler. He's way too expensive for what he's shown to be. Um, you know, I, but here's the thing, bullpen guys, they can turn it around. They can get back to where they were, you know, maybe we'll get, maybe, maybe he'll put it back together, you know, cause they seem to be every other year. Dunsing was great the year before, you know, surprisingly too. And, uh, you know, so, you know, you got to hope that, you know, Carl Edwards and his new little hitch step, will put it together. You'd love to see uh consistency out of C-Sheck, but you know, some of those things can be, you know, regressive and the guy, you know, it's a bullpen. So it's just how they're going to put it together. Um, Chatwood, an interesting uh, bullpen uh, addition, if he can do what he's been doing in spring so far, which is not walking anybody. Um, I know he worked on some stuff. Uh, how to be the new pitching coach. And the new, what, school of pitching they've got, you know, I don't know. They're, they're really getting deep and nerdy uh, with how they're dealing with the bullpen. And I think it's all to do with what this guy Hadovy's building. But, um, you know, it's interesting to see, like, Chatwood, you've got your five starters. You know, is there a trade in the works? Uh, it, can you get something for Monty? Um, can you get something for Chatwood? Um, but you also got to think, with an aging pitching staff, and you Darvish seemingly back, but unprovenly back, you, you're going to want to, you might have to use a sixth and seventh starter. I mean, you will at some point during the year, but I'm talking about maybe for a while, you got to guard against injuries. You need somebody else to be able to take the ball. And Lord knows we don't want it to be Jen Ho Tsang. Uh, no, we do not. That is one thing I think everyone can agree on. We, we don't want to see him back up, up again. Though, funny fact about Jen Ho Tsang, the Cubs have won every single game he's pitched in. Yeah. In, in the major leagues, which I think there's three. And uh, he started two of them, uh, but he didn't help them win. He helped them. The Cubs have an amazing come. Well, he made the Cubs need to have an amazing comeback to win all the games that he pitched in. Yeah. So, I, what do I want to say? Put the pressure on the offense to have to come through with his. Subpar pitching the start. Yeah, and he lucked out somehow. I don't think he got any wins, but, you know, anyway, but I don't, yeah, don't want to pitch anymore. Yeah, with Chatwood, though, it is like it's you, – you'd like, oh, he's not walking people, but is it because he's really, like, locked in now? Or is it because he's facing more minor league guys in spring training? And see, that's where that spring training thing comes in again. It's like, oh, look, Chatwood's not walking people. But then you go – but who is he not walking? Is he like, you know, going three, two on a guy and skipping the ball up there and people swing at it because they're minor leaguers. Yeah. So yeah he, get- he is pitching later in the game. So yeah, 
he is pitching against some of those guys um, because, you know, he's been used as a reliever. They're not letting him start right now. Did He did not start a, a spring training game, did he? Uh, maybe he did do one, didn't he? Maybe the first spring training game of the year. Right, yeah. So, you know, I, but I, I would love for him to pull something through because he was actually pretty decent with the Rockies, uh, known as a ground ball pitcher. Um, the Cubs, you know, funny, funnily enough, uh, they actually won quite a few games that Chad Hood, Chatwood sucked in last year as well. So he was one of those like lucky pitchers. So I don't know. I'd like to see, uh, you know, I'd like to see what he's got. I think that he obviously is feels more confident has worked on stuff. It's one of the storylines coming out of the spring training, but that can all just be hype to move the contract. But, um, I don't know. I don't know if anybody's going to take that chance for what, 10 million or whatever he's getting. So maybe even more, I don't remember. Well, you know, he was so bad last year that I never got time to do my jokes about his name sounding like a rich country club guy. Yeah. It's, it's a shame. Yeah. You never got to it. And all the you Darvish jokes that we had to leave on the table after he got through it, you know, all the you puns, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, I had, um, you know, two images side by side of you Darvish. And, uh, when he would win a game, I would post up on social media, W there's two you dar and that barely got used last year. So I'm looking forward to, to all this. So yeah, 2019, right around the corner. I'll be down in Texas at the end of the month watching the team. So, yeah. So I was going to ask since uh, you, uh, you of course have your own podcast that um, oh, yeah. plug it. Sun Ranto show. Listen up. Yes. But, uh, uh I want to ask you about your normal job. You're putting on shows and, and stuff. So I thought I'd ask you about your shows that you're working on. Oh yeah. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy doing 83 billion things right now. Um, and, uh, one of the things I'm doing is, uh, the bleacher bum band, which I write a lot of Cubs parody music. And, uh, we decided to put that together with uh, bleacher Jeff who plays wiffle ball out there with Eddie Vedder. Uh, he's playing guitar, and we got my, my man Gary on drums. We, we just got it. We got a great uh, setup uh, and we'd play all these Cubs parody songs like Javi be good and some originals like uh, Je- uh, got a John Lackey song called I didn't come here for a haircut. And of course the ballad of John Baker about the heroics of uh, the backup catcher that got the win back in 2014. So we're singing all those. Uh, we're going to be playing on opening day uh, by Wrigley field on April 8th at G man tavern. So if you're going to go to the game right after the game, come over to G-Man. It's free. We just ask that you throw some money in the bucket so we can pay the sound guy or gal. And, um, yeah, just it's free. Come drink beer there. There's your after, after party if you're going to come down. Or even just come on and hang out and watch the game because i got to be there to make sure nobody steals the gear. So I'm not going to go to the game. I'm just going to stand there guarding the guitars and drum kit and watch the game there. So come on by G man to have it on April 8th. And then, um, I'm also a sound designer. So I got a show going up actually Friday. Uh, uh you ever see the Poseidon adventure? Yeah. Yeah. Sh- uh, uh, ship capsizes, turns upside down. Well, Helen of handbag productions and David Serta, they wrote a, uh, a, uh, a, a musical kind of send up of the whole thing. So, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, so, that's fun to watch. Uh, I, I got to make a lot of ship capsizing sounds. So 
kind of fun to learn how to make it sound like a tsunami just hit a theater. Um, and I'm also the resident sound designer at Trapdoor Theater, where we do um, avant-garde Eastern European plays. So uh, I, I do a lot of uh, the sound setups there. And that's a lot of fun because uh, the Eastern European style of theater um, is very uh, concept-based as opposed to kind of like, you know, your Tennessee Williams play that is very uh, script-based and like you can't change any dialogue in a Tennessee Williams play. Like, you know, the Tennessee Williams granddaughter is going to come sue you because you did a, you know, a production of cat in a hot tin roof and cut the middle scene that you didn't like, but that's not how Eastern European theater is. It's lots of treatments and movement and telling a story in, um, uh, unique and, uh, entertaining ways. So that's, uh, that's been really exciting to work at Trapdoor Theater. So if you're in Chicago, you should uh, go see whatever they're doing. I'm not involved with every production, but I'm involved with quite a few. All right. So, yeah, and that's kind of a, you know. Sounds like well, your toaster strudel is done. Yes, it is. Yeah. My clock is chiming. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. You got a grandfather clock? I do. That's fancy. Yes. Must have a big part. You got a lot of room out there. And where are you, Montana? You said. Yeah, Billings, Montana. Yeah, tons big of city rock. in Montana. Very, very large, right? Yeah, big sky, big clocks. That's what they say, right? That is exactly what they say. Yep. I was gonna say, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, like combination of baseball and theater. You don't is there a, not a ton of crossover between those two worlds? I wouldn't think. Well, you got the musical damn Yankees. That's about it, and um, you know, I. No, there's, there's not a lot of crossover except for the fact that baseball and theater are the entertainment business. And, um, you know, so is podcasting. And so for me being, uh, kind of a, a Cubs blogger, I write on bleed cubby blue and I travel around with the team. Uh, I write a lot of the music about the team to try to entertain people. I are the show Sun Ranto show is kind of a, Howard Stern Cubs podcast. Um, we get into some stats and things like that, but mostly it's three guys, you know, uh, can I swear on the show? Sure. Sure. Shooting the shit about the Cubs having fun. Sometimes we're drinking, but you know, we try to keep it entertaining and light. We do sketches and comedy, things like that. So, you know, as the, as baseball is entertaining, as like, you know, the Cubs know this, they put out their YouTube channel the other day. They got game shows with Chris Bryant and his wife and Anthony Rizzo. And they've got, you know, very entertaining content. They know we love all this stuff. So it's all the entertainment business. So to me, there is quite a bit of crossover because to me and my little Cubs project that I do, it's all performance art. Yes. You know I mean, just I having a good ball. It's all rock and roll, baby. That's right. Well, it's very, yeah, it's very entertaining. And I'm kind of a similar spot as you with the, I do a little bit of blogging too for uh, Cubs Insider, Cubs Den. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it is. I kind of, my podcast is probably not as entertaining as that, but it I is, try to, I try to do things. It is today, Sean. That's it right. Yay. But no, it's a, it's a bit, and you know, there's a room for everything. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Uh, a lot of Cubs podcasts. There's a lot of Cubs fans. There's a lot of Cubs bloggers. Every time, you know, uh, you know, Chris Bryant takes a poop, somebody's writing about it. 
because that's uh, we're all f- Cubs freaks. We all enjoy this. We have got a great family, and there's room for everybody. Uh, what what I love is that there are so many different kinds of podcasts, and that you've got people that are more about stats and know a lot about pitch framing, and then you have people that know about launch angle and you know matchups between lefties and righties. You know, you've got it all. And you've got everybody talking about it. So there's a lot of information out there. And I appreciate everything everybody does because I can't do my podcast without reading your articles. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. it's, so that's, it's, it's a good time. And uh, from the people I've met, you know, your Evan Altman's, your, your, your Brett Taylor's, your Al Yellen's, you know, Sarah Sanchez, like, you know, Corey Friedman. I, the list goes on and on and on. Brendan Miller, come on now. Mm-hmm. You. You know, yeah. I've met these people. They're all wonderful. Luis, I'll just I'll shout them out. I'll just keep shouting them out. I love them all. We've all had a good time together. It's been fun. We all won the World Series together. That was incredible. Mm-hmm. Still, still feeling good about that. In fact, I don't even care if the Cubs ever win another one. This that was fine for me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This year, this is the year. Yes, yes. This will be the year. No, it's one of the things too that I was going to say. You know, way back when we were talking about the end of last year with the collapse to the Brewers. Um, just imagine if that had happened before the world series, oh, yeah. my God, people would have been losing their shit. And don't think about things like that. It'll just make you sad. Yes. Yeah. You so, gotta be positive. Yeah. Well, I guess it, it's been hard. It was a tough off season, you know, for some of the extracurriculars around mm-hmm. the team been very unfortunate. Um, you know, Papa Joe and his emails and uh, of course, Addison Russell and then all that crap. Um, so it, it was nice to kind of listen to Len Casper on the radio, you know, coming back out, having there be baseball played. Uh, doesn't make you forget about that stuff, but it definitely, you know, puts you in the, you know, the mood because spring is coming and, you know, it's a little sunnier, warmed up 10 degrees out here in Chicago. And, you know, you try to stay positive and you got to remember there's other people on the team and the Ricketts aren't on the team. And, you know, regardless of what you feel about that, you know, you root for the laundry and you hope that, um, and you hope that everybody acts right this year because I'm sick of this crap. Yes. Well, I guess all you can say is every year, no matter who owns it and what people are on there, there's Cubs are playing and you can be a fan and, you know, they've had creepy people before and I guess we've survived. I mean, Milton Bradley was on the team, so. Yeah, no, and, and we, we, nobody liked him. So, I mean, that's the thing is, like, as a fan, you want to like the guys you're rooting for out there every day. You you want to have, you know, it's what the Cubs did by making this YouTube channel in the first place. We're going to get more attached to these players watching that Pedro Strope video, you know, Rizzo and Bryant, and, and there will be more. Um, and we're just going to love these players. It's what they want us to do. And if they're putting somebody out there that it's hard to love, it just creates conflict. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do They, You know, I, I have a feeling that they're going to still try to get some value out of Russell. Um, I, I think that most Cub fans are going to be just fine with him being on the team. Um, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, I know everybody feels differently about whether he deserves a second chance or what a second chance even looks like. But um, I would guess that they're still trying to trade him. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I, I think you could, I, I think that, uh, you know, you can make do with what you have. Although we can all acknowledge that the defense will suffer in that scenario. 
but who knows? Maybe you can make a trade and find something better. Maybe you can, maybe there are moving parts that we're not even thinking about that changes uh, that shortstop position, you know, or second base. Like there's room for uh, playing around, but um, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if they're sticking with Russell in, in the long run. Yeah. I guess time will tell. And, you know, sometimes these decisions are made for you of certain players play better or, you know, guys play worse and stuff seems to sort itself out. So part of it is like Russell's not, he didn't even, he's not even very good, you know, like the defense is there, but the bat is certainly not, um, has been a little disappointing and it might be because of all the, the, uh, you know, crap surrounding his entire life and the problems he got himself into, uh, that, you know, I'm sure baseball being a mental game, if that's weighing on you mentally, you're gonna fail, but he's a lie. He's a lying sack of shit. And so mm-hmm. I don't know how his teammates feel about him, how welcoming he is on the team. All I know is that last year, him getting suspended was definitely letting down the team, which mm-hmm. let down the fans. So that to me is unforgivable. Um, you know, I, what have you done for me lately? Um, it's, it's just, I, 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 it's, it's a black cloud that hangs over the team. And, uh, when he comes back in may, we'll just see how that goes. But, uh, I, I don't, I think there'll be a lot of unhappy fans that just kind of are, you know, maybe they're not going to freak out and totally boycott the team, but we'll at the very least be left with bad tastes in our mouth. Yep. And if there's one thing you should take away from this podcast today, it's that Addison Russell's a lying sack of shit. Yeah. That's the important lesson to learn. Print it. Yes. That's it. So that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh, because I've talked about it way too much over the last six months. I'd rather talk about baseball. At this yes. Point. I think that's the lesson we're all learning. We've all talked about way too much stuff. That's really horrible and be nice to talk about some baseball. Finally. Yeah. And, and that's what I feel good about. And, you know, I look at how the central has improved. I haven't looked completely into it. You know, I kind of wait for the teams to get set and see who's hurt and stuff before I look. Otherwise it's, it's hard enough to keep up with all the guys coming in and out of your own team, let alone all the other teams. So, uh, but when I looked, when I look at it and some of the, you know, Goldschmidt coming to the Cardinals and, you know, the Reds adding Puig and, you know, having a decent season, uh, a surprisingly decent season last year with who they even had, um, you got to think the central is going to be tight, which I think it could, um, end up, we could end up with a pretty exciting year. I think that some outlets are predicting like a four way tie or something like that at the top of the central three way tie. Um, so it could be really hairy, really interesting, but as I said, it's entertainment. So even though it's fun to run away with the division and just win all the time, it can be pretty fun and stressful, but that's part of the fun, right? Mm-hmm. Have it, um, come down to the wire this year. And, uh, I think that some of the reasons maybe the Cubs do want to be even with the rest of the central is because, Hey, they sell a hell of a lot of tickets when it's exciting. That's right. The, the drama built builds the uh, excitement. So, yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that the season's going to start. I'm not, I got too much stuff going on to watch all the games I want, but, um, but it will get out there. Hopefully the weather will improve. It's almost going to hit 60 on Saturday. So that's uh, that'd be nice. I'd sit out in the bleachers in that weather. So looking forward to a, a great season. 
Yep, and I guess on that on that note, uh, we'll go to end their little interview today and go to commercial. Yes, that's right. And uh, of course, your son Ranto on Twitter. Ranto on Twitter, S O N R A N T O. It's the Sun Ranto podcast. Uh, go see shows at Trapdoor Theater. Uh, Poseidon Adventures playing started Friday. Uh, Bleacher Bum Band opening day. Man, there's all sorts of stuff going on, so you don't want to miss any of it. Okay. Yep. Yep. Thank you for coming on, Danny. Yeah, my man. Thanks for having me, dude. As always, you can follow me at STH85 on Twitter. Uh, if you have an email you want to send, like a question, comment, you can send it to holycowpod at gmail. Holycowpod at gmail. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes at Holy Cow and Cubs Podcast. So just search uh, Holy Cow and Cubs Podcast on iTunes and it should come up. And if you do subscribe, make sure to rate and review it. Let me know what you think of the podcast. And we should have another episode soon. So thank you for listening.